Welcome again, everybody, to another episode of Radio Teco. My name is Alexis Terrazas, editor-in-chief of El Tecolote, and I am here again with Radio Teco's co-host and producer and our AV editor, Monty Rossetti. Monty, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. You keep giving me all these extra titles. I'm, I'm honored. It's, it's amazing, dude. I, I, feel, I feel just happy to be here with you. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Better be careful. Next time I'm going to call you our AV czar. So. <laughs> so, oh, man. Hey, just watch I'm out. Gonna have, I'm going to have like five different business cards ready. It's just like different yes, titles. So. And Alexis, Alexis approved it. <laughs> I did. I did. More so. More importantly, though. Um, no, really, I, I mean that with all due respect, Monty. You are an excellent colleague um, and you've basically made this podcast happen. Um, no, but you're you but know. you're right. This conversation is definitely more important than me. So I'm <laughs> this episode is more important than what my title is. <laughs> <laughs> Not for real. Um, but yeah, man, I'm really excited to get into this one because two weeks ago um, we aired our very first arts and cultural episode um, where we interviewed uh, the three artists who are um, who are involved or three artists who are involved in Caravana, Mobilizing Central American Art, 1984 to Present, which is an exhi exhibition that's going to be kicking, that is underway currently um, at, at Soma Arts. And uh, But for this interview, we got something lined up a little bit different and special. Now, tell us about who you interviewed for, for this episode. Yeah, so this time, uh, Fatima Ramirez, she traded teams. She went from being a host to a uh, in interviewee or interview interviewer interviewee that's what it is that's right she was on she was she was answering questions this time and uh yeah i was able to talk to her uh mauricio ramirez and josue uh, rojas they are the three curators for this exhibit caravana mobilizing central american art from 1984 to the present um and again just like we talked two weeks ago kind of talking about the meaning and reasoning behind and the importance behind this this exhibit this exhibition um Fatima, Josue, and Mauricio, they, they also, you know, share their input, their experiences, and why they think, you know, the world needs to, 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 you know, learn a little bit more about Central American history through their amazing works. Definitely, definitely. And as somebody who, who knows these three individuals, you know, um, they're all Salvadoran, and they all bring, you know, not just, uh, you know, professionalism in terms of being artists and, and curators already of previous exhibits, but they bring also, I imagine, their their lived experiences, you know. Um, so I'm really happy that they have this platform to be able to to create and carve out space uh, to educate the rest of us on uh, on the contribution of uh, of Central American art. So, without further ado, Monty, um, I will step aside and uh, and let you get into the interview. This is the moment that I've been looking forward to. I'm excited to be with these three amazing superheroes. I'm stealing that term from Fatima Ramirez. Let's let's introduce our first, our, our three superheroes here. I'm with Mauricio Ramirez, Josue Rojas, and Fatima Ramirez. We are talking about the Caravana and the full title, the Caravana Mobilizing Central American Art, 1984 to the present. I'm gonna start with Mauricio. Why are you a superhero that's helping bring this whole thing together? All right, thanks for the intro. I am. I guess a superhero in different regards. Um, 
one being an artist growing up in San Francisco and also being a muralist. Uh, I give credit to Presida Eyes Muralist because I grew up in, in all the mural skills um, and my passion for murals really came from Presida Eyes Muralist in the Mission District. Um, and so I bring that. And then I also bring the fact that I am of Salvadoran descent. My parents arrived here in the 80s. Um, and so my perspective as a Central American and also wanting to know more about Central American art has kind of grown over the years. As an undergraduate, I went to UC Santa Cruz and didn't really find much info on murals and, and art created by Central Americans. So as time went on, I actually um, I'm now enrolled in a PhD program at UC Santa Cruz, and I've done a lot of research on murals and posters relating to Central America in the 1980s. Um, a lot of solidarity work and art also created by artists as well, Central American artists to be specific, but also other kind of Latinx um, or other races too, not just Latinx, creating artwork in solidarity with Central America. And so I really wanted to kind of expose that artwork to the general audience because I've seen it in archives or photos um, of the 1980s. And I know there is a lot of momentum, especially in the 1980s, around, um, around, I guess, kind of countering U.S. intervention in Central America. So in that regard, there's uh, a ton of activism and art activism and artists that participated. And so we are kind of trying to, you know, highlight just a, a, a small little portion of that because there's so many people that, you know, participated in their own ways. Um, so that's kind of my contribution to this exhibition. Thank you, Mauricio. Appreciate that. Josue, why are you a superhero and what are you bringing to this amazing project? Firstly, thank you so much. Um, I'm working on the superhero part, but I think uh, one of my best, uh, one of the best things I have going for myself is the fact that I'm collaborating with an amazing panel of curators, um, Fatima, Mauricio, and, and myself included. And I think really uh, what we've seen is just this really need for this moment. You know, there is um, historically and currently uh, been, you know, a huge gap in the understanding of the creative landscape in the United States particularly around Central American, uh, the Central American experience, the Central American diaspora and Central American artists. And I think we really need to tell these stories. And I think um, right now is that moment because we do have uh, an amazing array of creatives making a real amazing collection of work. And I think it's, um, it's, it's high time, right? It's high time for this artwork to kind of be out there and to be, and to exist. And so like Mauricio, you know, I am a, um, uh, very fortunate to have grown up in San Francisco. I was actually born in El Salvador, so I came as a child migrant. And so coming to a place like San Francisco's Mission District and witnessing uh, this cultural output of this amazing place really fed, uh, really fed my creativity. And I know that for a fact I'm not unique, you know. Um, and so there's a lot of other amazing creative people who uh, have made their way here, our first generation, second generation, third generation, and that are making some incredible work. And so we really want to highlight that. I think we all, um, one of our great uh, um, powers, I think it's, it's, it, it is a superpower, actually. It's the power of agreement. I think we're all on the same page about what needs to be uh, what needs to be out in the world. I think right now is the moment for Central American creatives. Um, the other great thing, man, you really speak in my language, Monty. You want to talk about superheroes. One of my favorite things about superheroes uh, and sheroes is an incredible origin story. 
And I'm going to just throw that right in the middle uh, and let us discuss that. But we all have really incredible origin stories that we need to be telling uh, and how we got to this moment. And so, um, <clears throat> and I think we've agreed that, you know, this is something that is cyclical. This is something that has come about before. This is something that we have seen before in the, you know, in the 80s and even before that, right? And then also, you know, there's been iterations in the 90s and the, in the early aughts and then now. And so, I feel that uh, it's just a very unique moment for Central American creatives, and I'm really happy to uh, be participating in this. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. And and now the super shiro, the superest of all heroes, Fatima, what, what's your contribution to this amazing project? Hi, Monty. So happy to be here. And thank you for saying that, Josue, because that really helps me to put it into context. So, you know, kind of my role is... Um, as curator, just trying to help us put two and two together, trying to bring stories that maybe we're not hearing otherwise come to light and to be able to tell that story through art, which is the most amazing part. So I think to uh, Josue's point, what he was talking about with origin stories, I think if we look to mainstream media and we think about the the ways in which people can get villainized, especially Latino communities, and as it pertains to our art exhibition, Central American communities in particular, it's really e easy to villainize a group of people when you don't know their origin story and when you don't know our history, right? So if you are able to, um, through art exhibitions such as Caravana, be able to learn a little bit more about why things are happening and also maybe more importantly, realize that this is not new, that this has been happening for a long time, then it helps you understand a little bit more of, of what's really happening here, how many different factors and systems are at play um, to hopefully be able to, to empathize a bit more with the situation and try to do something about it um, and be able to try to, to try to help in that situation. I, I guess my next question too, and, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit talking about the caravana, why the name caravana? What's the, the meaning behind the name? And I'll start with you, Fatima. And if anybody wants to add anything, feel free to jump in after Fatima. Yeah, so I think for a long time, we've known that we wanted to do a Central American art exhibition, specifically because we're not seeing many Central American artists, um, you know, be showcased. And there's still ways to go even for Latinx artists to be able to, to gain more recognition in different art spaces. But Central American voices in particular, we thought um, were not being represented when we know that there are many more Central American artists that exist as well. Um, and so I think what kind of um, really made us think about Caravana as a title is that that's what also, you know, for me in particular, really caught my attention as I saw all of these different stories unfolding again through um, through the media and seeing so many, you know, thousands of families leaving their home countries, fleeing um, from many different things, gangs, poverty. Um, and most recently, we're also seeing natural disasters like the hurricanes in Honduras. Um, and so just... I think just seeing those images of families just like picking up every, like the what they have and getting their children and just, you know, walking um, miles and miles to try to just find something better for themselves. Um, for me, that was just a, I got this sense of urgency that like this was the time that we needed to be able to to create that art space, to really create a conversation for ourselves as a Central American community, but also to signal to the world that what was happening and especially what we were hearing, um, the very xenophobic responses from this previous administration in the United States, the remarks that were being made and the villainization that was happening was not okay. And as Central Americans whose parents survived the civil war and were born in this country as a result of that, 
um, we were not going to just stand by with our arms crossed and not speak up about what was happening. So that was really, um, for me, even though like now we find ourselves, um, you know, in the pandemic and it's, we can get into like the interesting, um, creative challenges of trying to plan an art exhibition while that's happening. Um, I think as I thought about the timing for when we wanted to do this art exhibition, for me, that was the the reason why I felt like we couldn't wait. This could not wait because families were not waiting to come to this country. So we needed to respond and talk and show our artwork now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it just feels like such an important moment. I think historically, um, it's just really, um, there is a lot of crises happening uh, in the United States, but also in, in Central America that are leading to you know, this idea of a forced migration. And I think it's of the greatest importance to really talk about, okay, what led up to this, right? This didn't something that started in 2018 or 2016. This is something that goes back uh, decades and decades. And so um, if you really care about history, you'll, you'll also care about how you take it in. And for me, one of the things that's made, you know, history sort of palpable, right? The spoonful of sugar uh, that makes me take the vitamins of history has been art. Right. And so I, I'm able to sort of shape my worldview uh, through this incredible uh, artwork that artists have been historically been able to put together. And guess what? Surprise. Central American artists have always been here. Right. We weren't we weren't literally just like poof and appeared yesterday. Right. Uh, we've always been around. And so I think it's just our moment to really to really speak on, you know, our issues for ourselves in our own voice uh, with our own artwork. And so I'm really excited to see that. Actually, this is a question for everybody, and I'll start with Mauricio, and we'll go Mauricio, Josue, Fatima. And this is picking back from something Josue just said. Who are inspirational Central American artists that you can that you can think of, just so the listeners can understand, you know, where your inspiration comes from? That's a great question. Um, so myself, I have a personal connection towards art. In fact, I'll explain the background. My background, uh, since we're on Zoom, um, there's a painting behind me. And that painting was actually created by, uh, I want to say my great grandfather, I guess great, great grandfather. I always forget um, how great he is, right? Uh, <laughs> so in creating that, and uh, in, in, in he was an artist in the Salvador. And I didn't know this till I was in college. And, and it, it was like always like a family kind of um, known fact, you know, somewhat here and there. But, you know, it wasn't until I became an artist. Uh, in college or in high school, when I really started kind of wanting to know more about my own family history, that I realized he created um, artwork in El Salvador and he was a national painter um, of the 1930s. And so wanting to know more about his history, um, that's my, you know, if I'm a fan of Central American art, that's my number one, you know, Central American artist that I look up to. Um, but here in the United States, um, you know, there's several Central American artists and and I think I don't really even want to, you know, name, uh, you know, too many because there's a lot. I mean, I think in doing this work, we start realizing there is a lot of Central American artists. You know, there's even more than we can feature, obviously. And it's exciting work to see everything that's coming out um, in the contemporary, right, in the contemporary moment. Um, and that, to me, speaks volumes as to where Central American art is 
because not to say that there wasn't artists in the 1980s or even prior to that there was and there's lineages of you know central american artists but again maybe you know they weren't really you know exhibiting in in big you know galleries they probably weren't known they're maybe more localized right people know that know about them in their own kind of local um neighborhoods or you know cities and it's not till maybe now you know some artists are getting more recognition and i think that's really important and that's the the important work we're doing here is that we're also displaying artists central american artists and we we really kind of chose you know a younger generation of central american artists i would say most of the central american artists that we are exhibit exhibiting right um are of maybe second generation right um and so you know they just have different outlooks as to being central american or being born central american or being raised central american in the united states and those are all lenses that i think obviously as central americans ourselves you know share but it it sort of demonstrates this kind of in-betweenness that i think you know it, it could be general right it could be like the immigrant experience of going to a new place um or it could be a latinx kind of experience right of saying that you know well, I, I bring things from my parents' culture or from my home country. And then, you know, being in this new country, you know, there's all this kind of in-betweenness. And it's, 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 I wouldn't say it's difficult to deal with, but there's a lot of beauty and there's a lot of struggle in that, right? And so that's also part of the aim here with uh, Caravana and this exhibition. Josue, who's your inspiration? Jeez, Louise, Lemon Squeeze, so and if many. You don't say, if you don't say me, then I'm going to be really sad. Well, firstly, you, um, yes. but, uh, you know, aside from, from Monty, I have, I have a lot. I actually draw from a lot of different uh, spaces. But, you know, I really see, um, you know, actually, you, this is going to sound a little bit, I don't know how it's going to sound, but I've always been inspired by non-artists. You know what I mean? Um, you know, non-artists are some of my favorite people. And sometimes um, the regular life, right, the daily life, at the end of the day, someone has said, that's the only life we have right? Daily life and regular life, lo cotidiano, right? Is the, the life that we actually live. And so I really am inspired by our everyday uh, heroes and sheroes within our community, uh, the people who are um, constantly um, fighting to um, salir adelante, as we say, right? To put your family forward and uh, up, up into the next level up, right? And that's a daily thing. And I think the spirit of caravana as we see it it's just people it's not like people wanting a better life like that's such a simple and flattening way of understanding it people are really um in, in a very real way fighting for their lives and they're they're real social justice heroes and sheroes because the their needs are not being met they're not safe uh where they're at uh, due to a lot of different reasons but some contributions from you know globalization and uh quite frankly uh some of the some of the implications that uh, deeply are uh, implicate implicate this country um and so uh that relationship is complicated and i think it's worth talking about and so you know when you see a caravana i mean um the previous administration would have been like these people are coming and, da, 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 and they make it seem like fatima was saying uh like it's really simple to villainize but I have to say this caravana that we see people take, it's not a cakewalk. This is not like, uh, it's not a Mardi Gras parade. People are suffering. Uh, and I don't think you just throw your kid on your back with the, you know, on the other shoulder, all of your belongings in a backpack uh, to complete uncertainty and, and, and have that not be an absolute necessity. And so that I think is an incredible metaphor for, uh, for what people are going through, what people are living, right? Uh, what people are coming at. And then what they come to in this country, it's also very complicated, right? Like there's a really complicated history. There's, um, 
there's a really complicated experience, right? And so I think to capture those nuances, um, that nuance of, of all of that, right? We're also intersectional here and now, right? Like even my Central American experience isn't purist. It's not just a cis male salvadoreño, like, you know, no, it's like, uh, it that has completely been altered as well, right? So we're at meeting, meeting each other at these really interesting intersections of trauma and identity and really moving beyond that towards beauty and a newness, right? And so I'm just really excited to go past this idea of just, yes, let's address the trauma, let's address the war, let's address some of the stuff that we've been talking about, but there is a life beyond that. There is some beauty beyond that. And I think uh, if nothing else, art really allows us to see that um, in, in a way that's very unique, right? It, to, to borrow a phrase from Tanya Bruguera, the artist, art can go when other things can't go. And I think um, to really be to be able to name some of these experiences and to give some of this, these amazing artists that we have on this lineup the opportunity to uh, represent their own stories for themselves, it's it's more than I can than I can really dream of. It's really incredible. It's a credible opportunity. Fatima, uh, those are two really good answers. Now, as know. You know, one, of the, one of the curators for this uh, exhibition, what what draws inspiration for you? And you can't steal any answers from Mauricio and Jose. Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, I think I would have to start with them, like each of them, uh, both Mauricio and Jose um, are doing amazing things in their own regard, you know, whether it be... Um, you know, doing the, the academic research of learning our history and making sure that that gets out into the world. Um, and then also, you know, like Josuet said, like trying to help us look at this in-betweenness that we have as an identity and as, as Centro-Americanos that are um, living in the United States, um, but also just envisioning, you know, different realities um, as well. So I think artists in general are my inspiration for that reason. And when I look at all of the, the Central American um, artists that we're featuring in this Caravana exhibition, um, which, by the way, aren't um, aren't solely, um, you know, all based in the Bay Area. The one of the, the goals that we had for this was to be able to create a national conversation, to be able to include artists that were in the Bay Area. But also, you know, we've got artists from Texas that are also in Baltimore, in New York. And I think that's really important and meaningful, too, because like Josue said, you know, you can look around you and sort of think about your different environments that you're in. And if you're a community that's been like um, or if you're thinking about like newly arrived folks, maybe some of the folks that are coming in these caravanas, it very much depends on where you land too, to determine what kind of nuance and complicated um, environment you might um you know, kind of drop into once you arrive into the United States. And that looks very different, even in California. Um, in speaking with some of our artists, uh, there's there's big differences and different tensions that communities may experience if you're in Northern California versus Southern California. And a lot of that sometimes is just depending on the, the different Latinx populations that may be present there, different resources that have become available, the organizations that have decades worth of history to try to address some of the issues um, of immigrant populations, but also of the generations of Latinx people that have been in the country. So that all kind of varies just depending on where you're at. Um, and that's been really interesting, even as a way to be able to build a community of Central American artists that can now have this exchange to be able to talk about what has it been like to be, you know, Centro Americana in Washington, D.C., versus like LA versus Texas. Like, what does that look like? What are the differences, the challenges, the opportunities? Um, that you encounter in those different places. 
Um, and I think with that said, like in thinking of my inspiration and um, Central American artists that I look up to, I would say like every single one of the artists that we have chosen to include in this Caravana exhibition bring something amazing um, to the table. Um, and I guess I I know that folks maybe will become more familiar with them as they engage with the with the show and with the exhibition. But I do just want to mention some na some names because this show is about um, bringing more visibility to these artists and to their work. So you know, folks that I particularly just from the moment I started seeing their work, I wanted to know more. I wanted to be able to engage in more conversation with them. Um, you know, that would of course include Josué. Um, Rojas, Mauricio Ramirez, Kiara Machado, um, who's an amazing artist as well and does great oil paintings, um, Jasmine Cañas, Brina Nunez is also a, a fantastic um, comic book artist who we are not featuring in this show particularly, but check out her stuff. It's amazing, as in Afro Salvadoreña, Guatemanteca. Um, her stuff is wild as you look more into, uh, into her comics. Um, and also while like bringing this humor that also defines Central Americans that are like trying to grapple with a bunch of different um, and heavy topics. Um, I think laughter and joy is always something that allows us to just be able to, um, you know, ground ourselves and be able to come back to something that's lighthearted and think about, you know, that there's a better future out there that is possible. Um, so, you know, just to mention some folks, um, yeah, just want to be able to make sure that we do say their names so people can look them up and learn more about them, too. Thank you so much for that. So this is The Caravana, Mobilizing Central American Art, 1984 to the Present. Uh, I have a question, and I think, Mauricio, you alluded to this earlier about the 1984 artist call. Can you explain to the listeners about what what is this 1984 artist call and how is that tied into your guys' work today? There's a lot. I'm going to try and kind of summarize it because there's a lot in terms of what happened in 1984 um, and why we allude to it because there's kind of two moments in 1984 that happened the it's called the um, the artist call against U.S. intervention in Central America that was created in 1984 in New York by a group of artists and also um, this organization of Salvadoreños in exile and they were able to kind of, I guess that's where it started, right? The idea, the initial idea of having an artist call. And, you know, again, it was kind of a nationwide artist call. It ended up being nationwide um, for artists to participate in different ways in kind of art activist ways in very public ways. So not just, you know, the creation of, of exhibitions, but also, you know, if, uh, if you're a, a visual artist or say, you did plays or theaters or workshops, poetry, you know, video. There was a, a lot of momentum behind the artist call. Over 27 cities participated around the U.S. and in Canada. And, you know, each city in its own kind of right, you know, made exhibitions or, or did, you know, certain art activities, right, I would say, that was kind of promoting this, you know, awareness of U.S. intervention occurring in Central America. And for those who don't know, right, what was happening in Central America during that time, at least El Salvador, Guatemala, and Nicaragua were going through civil wars. And so in the 80s, right, there was this awareness, I guess, um, especially I would say against amongst activists, right, knowing, you know, what was happening, how, you know, a lot of people were referring to this was like the, another Vietnam. Um, 
and so you know mobilizing i think central american art that's why i like the title and, and fatima was really kind of behind that title as well as, as saying well how are we mobilizing central american art um it's being mobilized through our art but also there's this history of it being mobilized as well right so 1984 again the artist call so that's like one you know section of 1994 then a second section which is much more localized to san francisco is the creation of placa murals um that's the name of the group they called themselves placa uh, meaning for those who don't know in spanish it has a lot of meanings but i think you know placa the the way they the artists chose to kind of use it is to leave their mark right a placa like meaning a graffiti tag um so leaving a mark in this small alley right balmy alley in san francisco um that originally, you know, had some murals created by youth uh, or, or children, I believe. Um, and it was the artist vision, um, Ana Pat no, sorry, Patricia Rodriguez and Ray Patlan, who decided to, you know, inspired by the nationwide artist called, say, why don't we do something here in San Francisco? And they decided to, you know, use Balmy Alley. And I believe both of them lived there at the time. And they wanted to create murals in Balmy Alley. Um, with a group of 36 artists. So 36 artists um, from different ethnic backgrounds. And I think that's what's interesting is it's, you know, it wasn't just, I would say, Latinx artists, right? Um, although I could say very few were Central American artists, right? I believe only one artist was actually of Central American descent, uh, Herbert Siguenza, um, who created a mural, you know, for Placa. But the rest were all from, you know, different nationalities, different backgrounds, but they all had this kind of goal of, you know, celebrating Central American culture and also um, to kind of denounce, you know, U.S. intervention, right? And so that moment, I, again, was something that was really interesting for me, right? Thinking visually, thinking about kind of art. Um, and this was a very public, right? This was a very public, you know, event, right? So having murals that are still there in Balmy Alley. So if someone goes to Balmy Alley in San Francisco, you know, you still see the Central American presence. You see these icons, right? You see maybe Monsignor Romero, uh, you might see a mural by Josue Rojas, right, um, about Enrique's journey. And so there is this history here in San Francisco that I think is very rich. And a lot of it has to do with the Mission District, right? Like the the, the culture of the Mission District, um, very, you know, I would say activist. Um, and, you know, a lot has changed. But, you know, at, at one point, you know, the Mission District, there was a lot of Latinx residents, right, um, before the whole gentrification happened. And there's something to be said there, right? It's a very special neighborhood. Um, and that's that's why we go back to 1984, right? Like, it's not like there wasn't any art before that. Like, I mean, that was one thing where I was like, it might confuse people for people who don't know. But that's where we draw our inspiration from as curators, um, just to look back at that moment, because that was an important moment, I would say, in terms of when we think about Central American art. And yes, it's very, I mean, there's two things there, right? There's a nationwide artist call, and then there was Placa. But they're both very, I think, important when we think about the history of Central American art, um, just as a, a larger scope, but also, you know, a nod to that moment. So we're, we're also featuring artists and not all of, you know, the 36 or 36 artists from Placa, um, just, you know, a small little snippet of some of those murals and some of those artists as well and those solidarity artists as well. So that's where we draw, you know, that inspiration of, of 1984. Well, so I'm going to ask you this. Uh, we're, we'll go to the present and Mauricio, you talked about the gentrification and kind of the, uh, I mean, I would, I would guess the erasure of that history that is going on. We see today, 
in 2020, everyone's going to remember for a lot of things that have happened, but it was a lot of um, awakening for a lot of social injustices that were going on. How do you see the timing of this exhibition tie in with everything that was going on in this country and educating the people of the rich uh, Latinx history here in San Francisco and, and just around the United States in general? Just the idea of, uh, of these incredible artists really do have something to say at this very moment. And I think, um, I'm sorry, I am gonna talk about now, but I'm gonna always talk a little bit about the past because that's what we have to build off of. And shout out to Acción Latina. You know, I, I had the privilege of working there for four years. Two of those were with Fatima and we were, um, and shout out to El Tecolote in his 50th year of, you know, educating and uh, giving a voice to our people. But, um, being in that place really changed me uh, in, in, in one very powerful sense, and that is that we've got a very powerful archive. We have 50 years of Latinx history that no one else has um, to our, at our disposal. And so to really build off something, I really think it's important to look at our own history and nod to that and then speak, to, speak forward to that. So um, from that point forward, and so I think we're really lucky that we're in the habit. That's all I really wanted to say with, in saying that, is that we're in the habit of uh, referring to something, looking back and then making new things. And I think uh, as we, you know, one of my favorite things to do as a curator and as an artist is, yes, look at history, but also instigate newness. I like to instigate new work, right? Like Bob Marley says, stir it up. Right. I think we got some really beautiful stuff in this pot. We just got to really stir it up. And I'm talking about uh, I'm not talking about some abstract idea of a melting pot. I'm talking about what we're making, right? what we're bringing to the table and what we can uh, sort of stir up. And so all that context in mind, there is uh, I'm going to say this word one more time. There is a renaissance, right? There's a lot of amazing creatives, uh, all of the ones that Fatima mentioned that are making some incredible stuff and some some too that are just um I mean, within this lineup, we have some masters, right? Solidarity artists. We have people like uh, Juana Alicia, you know, who within um, the, the visual vernacular of the Bay Area's art scene is a standout, like straight up. Um, and also uh, as a master, and she refers to herself as la maestra, una, una de las maestras, as my personal, one of my maestras, we, we experience this beautiful mastery that's this commitment to her craft. But then when you, you turn around and you see a young, um, a young up-and-comer or someone who's just de demonstrating mastery beyond her years, like Kiara uh, Machado, it's just like, whoa, this is really, we're really kind of onto something. And to sort of see these works side by side is a very unique experience and something that is worth uh, uh, giving it its value. And so um, I do believe that that's one of the unique values of this exhibition, um, that it is now, right? Uh, we do have masters. We do have young masters. We do have people like one of my uh, favorites, and um, shout out to Fatima for bringing his work to my attention, um, uh, Oliver Chanax, also known as El Misfit, right? Um, he, he has this ability to bring about these incredible works that feel outsidery, that feel tattoo-y, that feel like new. Um, I think some of those works next to an artist like Galileo is just really incredible and fun. And so, you know, I just really like to see people smile. I really like to see artists, um, you know, get their shines. I really like to, you know, show my personal work next to some of these artists. I mean, you know, I, I started to say that I'm a child uh, of the 80s. So, you know, I... Um, I'm into things like, you know, hip hop and Robotech and graffiti letters and, you know, and funk, you know, uh, the idea of funk. And I really am uh, of the notion um, that we can make a mark and also make that mark be funky. 
And if you want me to get fine art about it, I will. I'll pull out all the, you know what I'm saying, language. But, but the truth of it is, I think uh, the heart of it for me is um, taking some of this, um, this, this, this experience, right? That is nuanced, that can be painful, but also making it beautiful and fun. Adding to this experience, uh, two more questions here. This is for Mauricio and Josue. You both are curators and artists. Uh, how has that experience been for you to, to make sure you are able to wear both hats and get the job done? Uh, and Mauricio, I'll start with you. Yeah, it was, it was challenging. I actually brought out a painting um, that I created years ago. Uh, it's now like a decade old. Um, back when I was really producing more paintings. Um, I haven't been able to produce as many paintings now, but, um, at least in the, in terms of my art, I haven't been able to, you know, really sit down and paint. I've done prints a lot more now. And, and so bringing something back from the past, because I thought this was a very kind of special, um, exhibition, I brought something that was a little more intimate, um, referring to, you know, some of the gun violence it's, it's it's a little boy who's actually my nephew in el salvador holding a gun um a toy gun right and it's something very playful but at the same time very serious because especially during that time i mean i remember that photo was taken in 09 i was you know i had gone to el salvador and you know it was one of the first times i i had gone probably like four years earlier and and at that point i was really conscious about the whole what was happening in el salvador in terms of gangs and seeing Madero's tattooed, right? And, and it was, it was a, a, a definitely a, a different experience, right? From what I've seen here growing up in the United States in San Francisco. And so I just, you know, again, we, we, we think about, you know, what's happening. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting to think about the idea of how at a very young age, you might be socialized into this world or into this culture of violence. And you know, also that, you know, we're talking about um, there's this concept called el hermano lejano, right? Um, you know, a distant brother. And and in that sense, you know, my nephew, which I didn't really, you know, I didn't grow up with. Um, him having to grow up over there is just way more different than my experience here, even my brother, right? Who mostly grew up in um, El Salvador. And and so just that duality, right? That in-betweenness that I was talking about is so complex. It's like, you know, that, that was kind of my uh, my contribution to this exhibition. And, and it was just, you know, kind of something from the past. But it, it was things I was dealing with, you know, back then, I would say a decade ago of thinking of identity and thinking of how much of a trip it is to be born here, but also have family in El Salvador and knowing everything that's happening in El Salvador, right? Um, the history and the culture. And, you know, it's, again, this idea of duality, I think, is present. And, and it's present in a lot of these art pieces you'll see right in the exhibition and so that's that's what i'm bringing to the table in terms of art um you know i've digressed so i haven't i don't paint as much and i don't really paint murals as much anymore but i think the idea and and being an artist is always with you right it's like thinking outside of the box right so you know i do art in different ways i really like music uh, um, i make beats um hip-hop beats you know really something that intrigues me more now um and 
you know, I think an artist can shift different ways. And I think that's the beauty of art, right? And I think we're all creative. So I think, you know, even if you don't think you're an artist, I would say this to, to people. It's like, no, we're all, you know, extremely creative. Um, it's just a matter of how you express it, right? You know, people express it differently. So, you know, that's kind of my contribution to this exhibition. And also as an artist, right, I'm just shifting. And I think we all shift, right, as, as even as human beings. So like that shifting momentum is I think is always present um, within my own kind of being. Well, so how, how has it been for you with this this experience of having the the two roles of a curator and an artist for this exhibition? Yeah, I just agree with Mauricio incredibly that, um, you know, it, it comes out in a different in different ways for each of us. And I think, um, you know, Mauricio is a practicing artist. So there's a lot of stuff that we, you know, in our conversations that I don't need to, you know, explain. But, you know, I also want to give a huge shout out, you know, Fatima's art brain. Fatima may not pick up a brush, um, but her art brain, uh, she's a true visionary and a creative at heart. And I think um, she really does uh, help identify and mobilize creatives, uh, again, in the idea of instigating uh, some new work. But, you know, really for me, you know, I, my two brains, the, the, you know, the part of me that's a storyteller and the part of me that is a visual artist have always kind of been married. It's, I come from the exact same place. And I just want to be able to tell some of those stories, at least for, for myself, right? And so, um, you know, I think really taking from some of the ideas that Fatima was saying, like the idea of, um, you know, empathy, the idea of humanizing um, some of our people, right? Like um, the idea of telling some of these stories, uh, it's, it really is kind of a, a grounding notion. Um, and I think... Um, you know, it can't really be underscored. I think we really need to um, be be mindful of taking the power of our own narrative away from people like Trump and the Trumps of the world and speak up against those bullies, right? And I think it's more valuable than, than we think. I think um, this is a, an analogy that I've said, right? right? I think if regular people uh, speak up more, it's like putting your finger, the the, the it's like the tiny the tiny person putting your finger in the eye of the giant, right? And I think, um, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's an inspiration for us to um, continue to let our voices be heard. And I think uh, we each have a contribution to that, right? Um, we each have something to share to that. And so, um, yeah, I think in, in the simplest of terms, that's kind of um, the impetus, right? I, I mean, I am lucky, you know, I have, I, ha I have, um, I am also married to the craft of painting. And so I want to push that as far as possible. And I think we do need, um, we do need uh, Central American Frida Kahlo's and Central American Diego Rivera's and Central American conceptual artists and, you know, Klein's and Kafka's and, um, you know, uh, uh, um, all of the above, right? Picasso's and Picasso's and Picasso's. We really need to um, really build up our, Central American creatives in that sense. And I, I mean, I'm just really inspired by people like, I mean, right now, I just think about the last, the last year or two, like Hector uh, Tovar and, you know, Roberto Lovato dropping these amazing books, right? There's stuff that just continues to drop that I'm just like, wow, this is, this is really feels like we're on the verge of something very special. No, thank you so much. And, and Fatima, lastly, where can people check out this show uh, and, and give everybody the, the details, please? Yes, of course. So people can check out the Caravana Mobilizing Central American Art, 1984 to the Present Art Exhibition through somarts.org. You'll be able to find our virtual exhibition, which is exciting because in these times of uh, COVID and the pandemic, as we've learned, 
um, we've actually been able to develop this other superpower, which is to kind of erase some borders and some boundaries. So on the internet, none of that matters. None of that exists. You can tap into wherever, um, from wherever you're located and access this amazing um, arts content. So you just go to somarts.org and you can actually access it either through your computer or through your phone and have a whole experience um, looking at uh, the visual art, the films that you'll see presented through this show. Um, and I just wanted to add something quickly too, just to, to what Mauricio and Josue were speaking about. Um, again, sort of just bringing it back to the title and the reason why we decided to speak about it in terms of mobilizing Central American art. So there's at least three different reasons, you know, I could think of that came to mind when we were thinking about um, using that word specifically. And, um, and that really speaks to, you know, this notion of empathy that we were talking about of mobilizing people to um, see themselves reflected back in the work that is being shown to be able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes of why they would need to go on this caravan of four days on end walking with all of their family and their belongings um, into the unknown, right? So there's that piece. Um, and there's also with that empathy, not just leaving it at an emotional reaction, but hopefully something that stays with people long enough that it inspires civic action um, to really be able to support a better livelihood for all of these folks. Um, and then also in addition to that, um, we are launching this exhibition virtually here from San Francisco, but we hope that this will be a traveling art exhibition as well, um, which in a way is also continuing this same idea um, and metaphor of caravanas, but now you know, with people and with artwork of us showing and telling our own stories through art. So hopefully mobilizing that throughout the country in the United States where people can access those stories. Um, and, then, um, and then third of all, I would also think that our hope would be to mobilize more Central American artists out there, right? Like you don't even know that maybe this is a choice for you until you see them in galleries, in art shows, and you say, hey, like maybe I am a creative, maybe I am an artist, maybe I will give myself permission to do more of this because there's a field out here for me and there's spaces and curators that are willing to work with me and that are excited and have been ready for this moment to be able to showcase your art. The name is Caravana, Mobilizing Central American Art, 1984 to the present. Fatima Ramirez, Josue Rojas, and Mauricio Ramirez, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Monty. Thank you. Thank you, Monty. Well, Monty, uh, congrats on another successful interview. Uh, I can honestly say that, you know, I learned so much uh, once that interview was completed uh, than before, you know, so and and even just knowing like the three curators, you know, Josue, Mauricio and Fatima, um, it's just so neat to be able to kind of be that fly on the wall and listen to them, um, you know, and just kind of see them express themselves in terms of like why this is so this is such an important uh, exhibition to uh, to curate no i i agree i think uh again it, it was a, it was a privilege to be a part of it. in in i mean all the interviews that we've done um for for this podcast all the interviews that we are going to do for the podcast it's it's a privilege to just be the person you know talking to these amazing artists um amazingly talented artists and, and you can also just see the passion they have of, of just wanting that self-representation of where they come from and, and being able to, to talk about that kind of 
um, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of the point of the series, you know, is is we want to make sure that everybody that's part of the Latin, the, the Latino community feels some kind of form of representation. And uh, today it was, uh, or today and, and two weeks ago, it was uh, Central Americans. Um, and, and through this exhibition, again, it's Caravana mobilizing Central American art, 1984 to the present. So if you haven't yet, uh, go ahead and, and check out this amazing, this ma- amazing art exhibit. Thank you for that, Monty. And for our listeners out there, if you want more content, please visit eltecolote.org. We have our links to all of our previous episodes, as well as to the written content that is published every two weeks in our newspaper. Talk soon. Thank you.